Hello, friend. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast. And with all my heart, I hope you hear something that edifies, encourages, equip, enlightens, and then engages you in the marketplace of ideas. But before you go and before you listen, I want to take a quick moment and explain to you this month's truth tool. The book is called I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith. You know, it's paramount as followers of Christ that we not only know what we believe, but why we believe it. So questions like heaven and hell, angels, the Trinity, all of these are foundational issues for believing Christians. But sometimes we don't fully understand what it is we believe about Christianity. So the book, I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith is just that. It's concise And it's a wonderful guide to explain to you the cornerstones of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. It's yours for a gift of any amount because In the Market with Janet Parshall is a listener-supported broadcast. We stay on the air because you pray and give. So if you'd like this month's Truth Rule, just call 877-JANET-58. Ask for a copy of I Believe. That's 877-JANET-58. Or you can go online to InTheMarketWithJanetParshall.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page. There's the cover of the book. If a gift of any amount, we'll send it to you as our way of saying thank you. While you're on that website, you might want to take a moment, scroll down just a little bit farther, and there's a description of what it means to be a partial partner. These are people who give at a level of their own choosing, and they give every month. They get the truth tool if they ask for it every single month, and they'll also get a newsletter, only people that do, that includes an audio portion that only goes to my partial partners. So if you want to be a partial partner or you're just interested in giving one time to get a copy of I Believe, 877-JANET-58 is the route to go, 877-JANET-58, or online at inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. I Believe, a great book for you to put in your backpack as you continue your Pilgrim's Progress. Now, please enjoy the podcast. Friends, this is Janet Parshall. Thanks so much for choosing to spend the next hour with us. Today's program is pre-recorded, so our phone lines are not open. But thanks so much for being with us, and enjoy the broadcast. Here are some of the news headlines we're watching. By the time the conference was over, the president won a pledge. Americans worshiping government over God. An extremely rare safety move by a nation. 17 years the Palestinians and Israelis negotiated. what heaven will be like, hopefully better than what I'm going through right now. Peaceful. Sunny, beautiful, and a lot of uh, a lot of happy people. I guess I don't know if it would look like anything. I guess yeah, it might be just kind of a, a, a little more of a Experience. woo-woo state, yeah, more yeah. Of, a, of a state of being. A bunch of clouds and <laughs> like a, a big golden gate. Heaven is gonna be just like, you know, whoever, it's gonna be beautiful, obviously. Um, <clears throat> Whatever you want is going to happen, but then you see the thing is there are people who go to heaven and people who go to hell. Obviously, you know, but then that's a higher, that's for someone who's higher form or higher power who's going to judge that. Sometimes I just imagine that, like, there might be up there somebody, but mostly I don't really actually don't believe. Wow. Welcome to the Marketplace of Ideas, and if you're walking around and you hear some of those comments and it doesn't break your heart, awake, oh sleeper, those kinds of responses should quicken your feet, should move your heart to be obedient, to go and tell while we're still able to do it. Welcome to In the Market with Janet Parshall. How was your day at work today? Uh Uh-huh. How much time did you spend thinking about heaven today? (laughs) 
In retrospect, how much time would you like to have been thinking about heaven today? What a great topic we're going to take up. Let me start with the number because I know this is going to generate a lot of calls. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that God's placed eternity in our hearts. So even if you're listening and you don't yet know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're curious, aren't you? You want to know. Well, I'm glad because we want to take your question as well. 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. So many publishers did a really wonderful thing. They took not one, not two, but three books that Dr. Erwin Lutzer, the name who's been synonymous with the Moody Church for over three decades, now he gets to use this Latin term. He's an emeritus, right? We'll have him tell you exactly what that means. But this is a man who's written a lot about heaven. He wrote, How Can You Be Sure You Will Spend Eternity With God? He wrote, One Minute After You Die. He wrote, Your Eternal Reward. And then Moody Publishers got this brilliant idea to take all three of these books and put them in one big old book. And it's all of these three books combined. It is fabulous. So you can see the territory we could potentially cover this hour. I bet you'd like that number again. Here it is, 1-877-548-3675. And we are so glad you're with us. By the way, Dr. Lutzer is on radio programs that go all across the country. Not one, not two, but three programs, by the way. He speaks, he leads tours, he travels, and he writes and writes and writes. And now I'm thinking he's probably going to be writing even more because he does that so well and so eloquently. And we are pleased as punch that he's with us in studio. Hello, friend. Thank you so much for being here today. Janet, I'm so glad to be with you, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, I'm glad we're talking about this topic, because there is a lot of mythology associated with this, and I want to start the way you do the book, because I want to follow I will follow up with another question that's got a lot of Christians, unfortunately, just grabbed by the ankles and in a kind of stranglehold, if I can paint that word picture. Tell us first and foremost, most importantly, how does one get to heaven? Well, that's an excellent question and a very basic one, and it really all has to do with Jesus, and there's a reason for that. Janet, it's so important that this generation of young people understand that not all roads lead to heaven for a very specific purpose, and that is that Jesus Christ alone is the only Savior. Now, you can go to other religions, and you have gurus and prophets, and they tell you, you know, live this way, live that way, whatever— But there's only one person who's qualified to take away our sins, declare us as righteous as God, and therefore we are admitted into heaven. Now, one of the problems that we have is people don't understand that you have to be as righteous as God to get into heaven. Now, if you're listening and you hear that, and that becomes very discouraging because you know right well you're not as righteous as God— You're a good candidate for salvation because the righteousness of God must be given to us as a gift by faith, that is to say, those who have faith in Jesus Christ. So it is an imputed righteousness. It's a righteousness that we do not have of ourselves. It's a righteousness that we cannot add to, a righteousness we cannot subtract from. It's the righteousness of God of which you and I naturally have none. So through faith in Jesus Christ, we are declared righteous and God welcomes us into heaven as if we were Jesus because we come on the basis of his merit and his righteousness. That is the good news of the gospel. And we'll say right off the beginning of this program, 
If there are those who are listening today who have never understood that before, and God has worked in your heart, you can believe now on Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, and he will grant you that wonderful gift that will take you all the Mm. way to heaven. Mm, What a wonderful answer. So I have to ask the follow-up question, and that is, if we've done exactly what you said, if we've confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, can a true professing believer lose their salvation? No, I don't think so, and there are reasons for that. Now, if you look at the Bible, you'll know that there are some passages that seem to teach that you could lose your salvation, but think of the clarity of those passages that make it perfectly clear. You know, if you were given a hundred, if you were given a hundred sheep and you were a shepherd and you came back in the evening with 95 and you said to the people, well, you know, the fact is that there were these five rebellious sheep and there's nothing I could do. They have free will, free will or no free will. You were given a hundred and you will bring a hundred back. And all of that, of course, is based on John chapter 10, where Jesus said clearly, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. No man can pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You'll make it all the way to heaven. What a great way to start this conversation. Dr. Erwin Lutzer is with us. He's here because Moody Publishers took three books that he wrote about heaven, combined them all into one, called it Heaven and the Afterlife, The Truth About Tomorrow and What It Means for Today. We're going to take your questions as we go along at 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. Back after this. My heaven song. is God? Why am I here? How should I live? Could you find the answer to those crucial questions from God's Word? That's why I've chosen I Believe as this month's truth tool. Learn the essentials of our faith in a clear and succinct way. Ask for your copy of I Believe when you give a gift of any amount to In the Market. Call 877-JANET-58. That's 877-JANET-58. Or go to InTheMarketWithJanetPartial.org. heaven will be quiet. I think heaven will be quiet because everybody will have their own space to walk around in and you won't hear the hustle and bustle of this. It'll be the exact opposite of this. It'll just be quiet. Uh, Really, really nice. Uh, If it's there, yeah. It'll be a little bit like this, just less children running around. (laughs) I have no idea. I hope it's absolutely beautiful and welcomes me and I can live my soul will live um, uh, in peace. I think it'll be timeless and, I mean, probably like as relaxing as you could ever be and joyful. Boy, I learned so much when I listen to what's being bought and sold in that marketplace of ideas. But doesn't it bother you that in absentia is the name of Jesus? Heaven is nothing 
if Jesus isn't, I don't care how quiet it is, I don't care how pretty it is, I don't care how peaceful it is, without Jesus it is utterly meaningless. Just something to think about as we continue our conversation with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who is the senior pastor at the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois, for over three decades. Marvelous, marvelous work, left an indelible mark on the history of that church. Hosts radio programs, writes, travels, and we are blessed to have him for the entire hour. So as I said earlier, he wrote not one, but three books about heaven— How can you be sure you will spend eternity with God one minute after you die and your eternal reward? And then brilliantly, Moody Publishers put all three together in one volume and call it Heaven and the Afterlife, the truth about tomorrow and what it means for today. Now, I'm not going to be selfish because I had a bunch of people online with questions. So friends, you lead. I'll simply host and direct your question to Dr. Lutzer. Michelle, if I may, let me turn to you in Iowa. Welcome in your question, please. Um, You had just talked about um, losing your salvation. My question is, can you walk away from your salvation and thus um, not go to heaven because you made that decision to walk away? You know, Michelle, I don't really think so, because salvation involves something very, very uh, important, and that is God's choice of you. Jesus talked about his sheep as being a gift from the Father to him. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. So if God actually regenerates you, even though, you know, the whole issue of free will is very controversial and and complex, the simple fact is that you belong to God forever. It's something like a child who today may be rebellious and may walk away from the family, but he never loses the family name And in the end, he still is a son or a daughter. In the very same way, I believe that those whom God saves and genuinely saves are those whom God keeps all the way to salvation and to eternity. You know, if God were to lose someone, uh, he would be losing his reputation, I think, because of the promises in the Bible. And, you know, we can say to ourselves, well, you know, maybe I can wrench myself out of God's hand. But actually, it's even more difficult than that because we are the hands of Christ. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So there's so much that goes into salvation that I believe that God keeps us all the way till the day of redemption. Now, there are some people who say, oh, you shouldn't say that because people are going to go out and they're going to sin. They're going to say, well, I'm saved and I can do whatever I like. There's no doubt that there have been people who have said that, and that's why the Bible warns against those who use the grace of God for lasciviousness, who misuse grace. But the more natural response and the more common response is to say, in light of the fact that God loves me so much and saved me and made me his own and I am his child, My desire is to walk in obedience and to please him because of all that he has done. That's the natural response of a genuinely saved person. Michelle, thank you. So appreciate your being with us. 877-548-3675. That's our number here on In the Market. And we move next to Sonia, who joins us from Illinois. Sonia, thank you. And your question, please. Hi, I was just wondering, you know, as the Bible says, how it will be you know, how it describes pearly gate and all of us throwing our crowns. Sorry. Um, all of us throwing our crowns. Sonia, we didn't hear the end of your question. Okay. Um, 
Although we'll be all of us throwing our crowns at Jesus. Throwing our crowns, okay. Well, that's very interesting, Sonia. (laughs) That's a long discussion. As a matter of fact, the third book in the trilogy that Janet has (laughs) referred to about is on the judgment day of Jesus Christ when we as believers stand before him. And I would say this, that our faithfulness, I don't believe, are medallions, crowns, uh, you know, that we throw at the feet of Jesus, though if we throw them at Jesus Christ's feet, we're going to have to pick them up again because the Bible talks about us reigning with him forever and ever. I believe that um, rewards are actually responsibilities given to us in the coming kingdom. And Jesus told enough parables to make us believe that, that those who served him faithfully will have more territory than those who didn't. In heaven, everybody happy, everybody will be contributing to the glory of God, but perhaps like a chandelier, there are those who will shine more brightly than others, though all of them contribute to the glory of God and to the uh, manifestation of his presence. So I believe the way in which we live as Christians is very, very serious, and uh, our rewards are thereby determined, and therefore we should not take for granted carelessness in the Christian life, because in the end, this is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear, he's talking to Christians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body, whether good or bad. Boy, that's a pretty thorough judgment. Mm. So what we need to do is to realize that um, there may be crowns involved, but the ultimate reward is one of responsibility because of faithfulness. Mm, Wow. Different perspective, I'm sure, for many. Sonia, thank you. Hope those allergies are treating you better. We're going to take a break and come right back. 877-548-3675. The book, again, is called Heaven and the Afterlife, The Truth About Tomorrow and What It Means for Today. It's a combination of not one but three trusted books that Dr. Lutzer has written on the subject of heaven. More of your questions right after this. Heaven would be like, man, that's kind of, it depends on the individual. I would describe it as bright, peaceful, and airy. I just think it's just an an absence. I mean, it's just a, yeah, nothingness. I don't believe it exists. The Bible says the eye has not seen nor the ear heard what heaven will be like, but it'll be beyond our imagination, more beautiful than the most beautiful thing you've ever experienced. Hopefully better Mm. than Earth. (laughs) Oh, yes, indeed. The best is yet to come. This is not, best news you'll hear all day, this is not as good as it gets for those who have accepted what Christ did for them on the cross. Dr. Erwin Lutzer is with us. He was the senior pastor at the Moody Church in Chicago for over 35 years. Just, we thank God for the legacy that he's left. By the way, really neat dedication in this book. He dedicates it to the elders of Moody Church, both past and present, who, in his words, he writes, have supported me, guided me, and prayed for me for 36 years. Your reward is waiting for you. Isn't that neat? What a gracious man Dr. Lutzer is. So he writes three books on heaven. Moody Publishers brilliantly puts all three together in one volume, calls it Heaven and the Afterlife, The Truth About Tomorrow and What It Means for Today. I tell you, 
Thank you, Lord, for technology. It makes the world a very, very small place because it's probably a whole lot different time there than it is here. I'm going to welcome Richard, who's listening in Australia. Richard, welcome. And your question, please, for Dr. Lutzer. My question is that when God sends everyone on this earth and we believe that firmly, then what happens that some are chosen and some are not? Because God does not want anyone to be lost. Yeah, Richard, you've raised a very good point that has been debated by theologians throughout the centuries. Let me just simply say that when we say that God chooses certain people to be saved, we also at the same breath say whosoever will may come, obviously. In other words, we believe that the gospel is a wide net that is spread and that anybody who desires to come to Jesus Christ certainly can. Now, we also believe that God grants the desire uh, that, that does lead people to Christ. So, when we talk about God choosing people, this in no way should impede evangelism. Uh, we encourage people to believe, we urge them to believe, we explain the gospel to them, and then we do have to leave it in God's hands. And... Um, Leaving it in God's hands means that ultimately the soul of every individual is really beyond us. Uh, parents cannot convert their children. They can explain the gospel, and uh, children then have to believe on their own. So there is a combination here between the human will and God's eternal will, and we just need to be able to live with the tension between the two. Mm. Richard, thank you. It is a very important question. And, you know, this goes back to Dr. Henry Blackaby, does it not, Dr. Lutzer? He is God. We are not. We are chosen while at the same time we are free. And because we will never be given advanced knowledge, who will accept, who will reject, who will be chosen and who will not, our response is to be obedience, to go and tell someone. And we leave that decision making to the work of the Holy Spirit, correct? And it is Jesus Christ alone who can bear that fruit. I mean, regeneration is God's work. And mm. we can, uh, you know, there's the old adage that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. In the very same way, we can give people the gospel, but only God can ultimately cause them to receive it. And so we do leave it in God's hands. Yeah. Richard, blessings to you down under, and I thank you for listening to the program and being a part of our radio family. Let me go to Brandon in Indiana. Brandon, welcome, and your question, please. Yeah, I was wondering um, if you could sin in heaven, and if you can, then how was, or if you can't, then how was Satan able to reject God? <laughs> Brandon, you have a very good question, so let me take it in two parts. First of all, can we sin in heaven? The answer is no, I don't believe that we can, and I also believe that we won't want to. And uh, this is a very good indication of how human will, whenever we talk about freedom of the will, it has limitations. The fact is that we are redeemed by God, and therefore we will not want to sin. And I believe that sin will be impossible in heaven. Now, getting to Satan, isn't that interesting? That uh, Satan rebelled, but the other angels were actually preserved from sinning by a divine decree. I think it's in Titus that we read about the fact that um, 
uh, you know, and the verse does not come immediately to mind exactly what it says, but it talks about, oh, yes, I know what phrase I want, the elect angels. He, Paul says, I um, ask you to say this in the presence of God and the elect angels. So clearly, there were even angels that were elect, and the elect angels did not sin, but Lucifer and those who went with him, if a third went with him, according to Revelation chapter 12, they sinned. So here again, we have the mystery of God's sovereignty, don't we? We have elect Mm -hmm. angels and we have elect human beings, but in heaven, no I don't believe that we will sin. I don't believe that the elect angels will be able to sin. And the good news is we will not desire to do that. It will not be an option that will come up on our lives or screens. <laughs> mm, mm. What a comfort. Brandon, I thank you for that question so much. The hour is going far too quickly. We're already halfway through. So when you hear me say goodbye, please join us. one 548 3675 Again, the book is called Heaven and the Afterlife. By the way, it's all there on our website, In the Market with JanetParshall.org. And you can read more about Dr. Erwin Lutzer. We've got some links there as well. But remember, this is a brilliant move on the part of Moody Publishers to take three books that Dr. Lutzer had written about heaven, combine them all into one, and to make this really important text, trusted text, on heaven. All three books by Dr. Lutzer. We're going to take more of your questions right after this. Friends, this is Janet Parshall, and I want to take a moment to remind you that today's program is pre-recorded, so our phone lines aren't open. But I sure do appreciate your spending the hour with us, and thanks so much, and enjoy the rest of the program. The Bible says the Word of God illuminates our walk through life. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Without it, we stumble and fall. In the Market with Janet Partial is designed to help you look at the headlines of the day through the lens of Scripture. When you become a partial partner, you help to make this broadcast possible. And as a partial partner, you'll receive exclusive benefits. So why not become a partial partner today? Call 877-JANET-58 or go to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. Heaven will be like something quiet and peacefully. I don't know. I hope it'd be different from what's happening down here. I think heaven is, like you said, I think it's going to be fabulous. And I really enjoy the fact that you can see people that you miss. I just think you're like it's. Just, you just feel like you're like asleep. I, I read online that like a post online saying like this guy like fell asleep for like, I mean not fell asleep, he died. And he said the sensation of like dying felt like he was like he was asleep and then he just woke up. Yeah, because like everything posted on the Internet is fact. (laughs) When all else fails, read the instructions. Bible has a thing or two to say about heaven. And so does Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who's written about it not once but three times. How can can you be sure where you... Let me get this right. How you can be sure you will spend eternity with God one minute after you die and your eternal reward. So all three books got put together in one volume by Moody Publishers called Heaven and the Afterlife, The Truth About Tomorrow and What It Means for Today. I love it because it's a great resource book for me. And you'll learn more on our website at inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. Dr. Lutzer, again, was senior pastor at Moody Church for 36 years. He hosts not one but three radio programs. He travels the country. He speaks internationally. And we are blessed to spend the hour with him. 
877-548-3675. William, you're in Miami, Florida. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll take your question, please. Hi. Um, some believe that we go to heaven um, right after we die. However, and they prove with Scripture that we do. However, some others believe that we don't go right after we die. Um, they also prove with Scriptures and that we just sleep or until Jesus comes, which is true. And if I if I do and when I go to heaven, will I see a will I once again see a lost loved one who was not saved? All right, William, you've asked two very good questions. The first is simply this, that there are those who believe in soul sleep. I often receive letters from them. Uh, They're very committed people, and they say that uh, your soul sleeps until the day of resurrection, so you don't go to heaven immediately. But just think about it for a moment. Jesus, speaking to the thief on the cross, said, "'Today you will be with me in paradise.'" I mean, that certainly indicates that there's going to be an instantaneous uh, consciousness on the part of the thief, and he's going to be meeting Jesus there. By the way, isn't that beautiful? I mean, I I assume he had breakfast with his bad-to-the-bone friend, and uh, he gets to (laughs) sup with Christ uh, in the evening. Then you think of the words of the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, and I don't know how he could have made it clearer. He said, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, but to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Why would he desire to depart unless he thought that he was going to be immediately with Christ? If he was going to wait until the time of resurrection to be with Christ, then it wouldn't have mattered no matter how long he lived or whether he died at that time or later. The point is he would still not be in the presence of Christ. So I take the point of view that there is an immediacy there. And um, now your second question again was what, William? It had to do with... um, uh, If I do go to heaven and... Oh, will you see um, people who... Probably not. I mean, you are going to see people who are in heaven... I expect, for example, to see my parents and a lot of relatives and a lot of friends that I know. As a matter of fact, the Bible motivates us because of this. And that's why it says that we should not sorrow as others who have no hope. Mm -hmm. And the clear implication is, he says, so shall we be forever with the Lord, that we're going to be with others. But, of course, the bottom line is all about Jesus. I mean, he's the one who goes to prepare a place for us. Will we see those who are lost Probably not. Probably not. I don't see anything in the Scripture that would compel me to believe that. Uh, So I think that God may shield us from that. But at the same time, we're going to know more in heaven than we did on earth. And God is going to wipe away every tear. And by the way, why would there be tears in heaven? I think that the tears in heaven probably are going to be tears of regret when we consider how we lived in light of the opportunities we had. And um, we're going to be able to see all that, and God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There may be other tears, maybe because of people we expected to be up there but aren't. A woman weeping for her son, that's also a possibility. But at the end of the day, imagine this. The text actually says in Greek, God will wipe out the tears from our eyes. It's almost as if it's saying God will get to the heart of our sorrow and it will be gone forever. I think heaven is great, don't you, Janet? 
Mm, absolutely. Oh, what a reminder. That's why in the midst of a busy day to stop and to set our mind on things above, I think is just a delight. And I hope it's a refreshment to the souls of those who are listening. Anna, you're in Tennessee. I thank you so for being here. Your question now, please. Hi, y'all. Thank you. Um, it's always interested me that there must be degrees of heaven because I could not go to the same place as Mother Teresa. Um, I think we have different rewards in heaven. I, what What do you think? Yes, uh, different rewards. Now, with regard to Mother Teresa, remember this, that if you've received Christ as Savior, you receive the righteousness of Jesus. So there's a sense in which all who have savingly trusted Christ as Savior are welcomed into heaven. But yes, I do believe that there are degrees of reward. And of the trilogy that Janet has been referring to, the last book, Your Eternal Reward, deals with that very subject. I don't think we will all be rewarded equally. I can't imagine that someone who is faithful is going to receive the same reward as somebody who uh, slacked off and didn't use their opportunities. Jesus kept saying that, and I quoted the verse earlier, we'll give an account for the deeds done in the body, whether good or bad. Will we see our sin? Probably not. If we do see our sins, they'll be represented to us as being forgiven because the judgment seat of Christ is not a whipping boy where Jesus is going to take it out on us for not being faithful. But at the same time, our deeds are going to be evaluated. Think of it this way. What if God were to take all of our deeds and turn it into gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble, and we have this big heap in front of us, and then he torches it, and that, of course, is the imagery that's used in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and um, whatever is left ultimately is that which was done for Christ versus that which was done with wrong motivation for ourselves, our selfishness. That would be a way in which we could be evaluated without seeing our sin. I've often thought of that as a possibility. I don't know exactly how it'll be done, but you are right. There are going to be rewards in the kingdom, and they will extend, I believe, into heaven. The book, again, is called Heaven and the Afterlife, the subtitle, The Truth About Tomorrow and What It Means for Today. By the way, Dr. Lutzer, let me linger on that last part of the subtitle, because this isn't about being so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good, as the saying often goes. It's about understanding that we should have joyous expectations about what lies ahead and knowing what heaven is like, live accordingly. Can you talk about that? Oh, yes, exactly. And the big model of that, of course, is Jesus, who for the joy that was before him endured the cross and the shame. So, you know, this idea that there are people who are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good, as I've often heard, there may be some truth to that in some circumstances, but the true person who is living in light of eternity, he is going to have his values, he or she will have their values um, in place, they will be living for the glory of God, and they will be the most effective on earth. So the more we think about heaven and uh, look at our lives through the lens of eternity, the better we are going to be as citizens of this life because we know the end game and the life to come. Mm, Thank you for that. Dan, I so appreciate your patience. Your question for Dr. Lutzer, please. Yes, I am calling uh, on behalf of my uh, mother-in-law. She had a couple of questions. Um, Mm. um, 
Yeah. Um, will you um, miss the loved ones that you left behind? And um, will you have uh, contact with the people uh, that you left behind or, like, dreams? Can, you, can they see you? While you're in heaven, right, Dan? Is that what you mean? Right. Okay. Dan, okay. Um, no, you will not have contact with the people that you left behind. I think it's very dangerous for people to say that, you know, my mother-in-law died or my mother died and... Uh, she and I connect. <laughs> the Bible is very clear that we should not commune with those who are dead. There is a separation there that takes place. What will happen, assuming that this person is in heaven and you have believed on Jesus Christ and will go to heaven, that's a reunion to look forward to. For example, I look forward to seeing my parents again. But uh, there's no communication between me and them until I die or the Lord returns and we are united in heaven. So you will leave people behind. You'll be in the presence of Jesus. They will be lonely and uh, they will be missing you, but eventually they'll be there too if they have believed. Mm. And Dan, what a wonderful son-in-law you are to ask those questions on behalf of your mother-in-law. Thank you so much. Let me take a break. We're going to come right back. One more segment with Dr. Lutzer. You've been taking my advice. When I say call, when I say goodbye, you call. So here again is the number, 877-548-3675. More with Dr. Lutzer on the topic of heaven right after this. If there is a heaven, it's like, it's afterlife and like purgatory and all that other stuff. And then it's like heaven, like in a biblical sense. Heaven is right here, right now. Well, that's a good question. Peaceful. I'll have a mansion with many rooms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I would probably think if there would be a heaven, uh, I mean, personally, I don't think there is, but yeah. if there would be, I, I would imagine it would be the same thing as we have now, but the ability to not know that you're in it. So every life is anew. So the same thing as you have now, but something, you know, repetitive so you can keep like living and having these hardships and good times and things like that, but then uh, not knowing that you had it before. Oh, no, 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 no. Dr. Lutzer, address that, would you please? That sounds an awful lot like Eastern mysticism to me. It really does. It sounds as if you go into some kind of a state of unconsciousness. Remember this, that in heaven, this is very important, you'll be the same person as you were on earth with your memories and with everything uh, that you remember on earth and uh, so forth. Now, of course, as we've mentioned, you are going to be sinless. Let me explain something that people may be wondering about. When somebody dies today, their body goes to the grave, of course. Their soul goes to heaven. Their soul represents their mind with all of their memories, etc. And the soul takes on the characteristics of the body. For example, I believe that people in heaven today can communicate with one another, they recognize one another, and so forth. But ultimately, there is going to be a resurrection, and there'll be a reunion of the soul and body. But the point is, Jesus taught, and the New Testament teaches very clearly, that there is immediate consciousness after death, either in heaven 
where we are welcomed by Jesus, as we've emphasized before, or in a place called Hades. And you can read about that in the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Luke that Jesus talks about. We've not touched on that today. And that is a place actually of darkness and torment and all those other things that are very negative. And eventually, Hades gets thrown into hell, as we read in the book of Revelation. So, you know, Janet, we're talking about some very serious things today. Of Mm -hmm. course, we always talk about serious things, but there is a division between humanity, and it isn't between rich and poor. It isn't even between good or bad, necessarily. It's between those who have received the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which gives them entry into heaven, and those who have not. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about the fact that he said, no man gets to the Father except by me. And the reason is, is because he's actually a savior, not just a prophet or a guru. Mm. Thank you for that. Wow. Eliani, I thank you so for being with us. And your question for Dr. Lutzer, please. Thank you, Janet. I I said I know that the Bible teaches us that after the rapture we'll be in heaven with Jesus, but we'll also come back to earth to reign with him for the millennium. And the Bible also talks about the hundred and forty four thousand that will be only in heaven because of their sanctity. I I don't understand. I mean, where do we go? Do we stay in heaven or we come back to earth or all the way around? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, your, your question is very good. And uh, maybe we're just making it a little too complicated here. I believe that when you die, your soul goes to heaven and eventually, yes, First Thessalonians chapter 4 says that Jesus is going to return, bringing his saints with him, and there will be a resurrection, and their bodies will be raised, and there will be a reunion between body and uh, soul, so that you will be with Jesus Christ forever, body, soul, and spirit. You'll be fully and totally redeemed. And then, of course, Eventually, when Jesus Christ returns in glory, you know, uh, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there's no more sea. And we will come back to a recreated earth to reign with Jesus. And then, of course, that uh, reigning eventually ends up in all of eternity and what we call heaven. So I think that that's the way in which we see the scenario. As far as the 144,000, they were actually in earthly bodies, and uh, many of us believe that they are redeemed people who are going to be spreading the Word of God during the, um, uh, during the period of the Great Tribulation. So that, that's a whole different subject. But you today need to know that at death, you will be with Jesus Christ, and then you will return with him eventually in glory, receive a new body, and then eventually we will reign with him on the earth, the Bible says. Thank you for that answer. Mary, let me welcome you into the conversation. Please, your question. My quick question, first of all, thank you so much for your wonderful program, and thank you, Dr. Lucer. I I listen to you both all the time. My question is, I know that we are absent from the body and present with the Lord at death, when does the judgment occur? Does that occur at the same time? In other words, hi, Jesus, and yes, here's all the stuff I did bad. Thank you. 
I'll, I'll get off and let you answer. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. You know, <laughs> I think that it's going to occur probably at the rapture rather than immediately. And the reason that I believe that is, you know, the Bible says that blessed are the dead, and this is a great verse, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord henceforth, for their works do follow them. They rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The good works that we do, and by the way, we do many more good works than we're aware of, and our impact is greater than we think. But anyway, that's a separate subject. I don't think the full impact of all of our works happens until the rapture. The prayers that we have prayed, the people that we have witnessed to, the good deeds that we have done. So it may be at the rapture that uh, believers are judged. But wherever it is, It is a personal judgment. It's between you and Jesus. Nobody to rely on, no attorney to tweak the facts and make you look better than you really are. Think of it. It's you and Jesus and nothing but reality standing there, and uh, you will be judged. And remember, we're being judged by Jesus, who is our brother, who is our Savior. He wants us to do well. It's not a matter of somebody who wants to find every little bit of dirt so that he can get even with us. It is really a matter of rewards. Wow. And what a note to end on. Thank you, Dr. Lutzer. Thank you to my friends. I apologize that so many are still in the queue, as we say in the UK, waiting for their questions. So we'll just have to ask Dr. Lutzer back again, and we'll pick up where we left off. Sound good to you? does to me. In the meantime, can you check out the book, Heaven and the Afterlife? It's right there on our website, in the market with janetparshall.org. And you can learn more about the wonderful work that Dr. Irvin Lutzer does. Thank you, friends. We'll see you next time right here on In the Market with Janet Parshall.